I was discouraged when no answer came. See, I prayed for years and I still saw no change. I was ready to give up, thinking, what can I do? But when I prayed that last time, God's power broke through. And prayer is just as big as God is. Prayer is just as strong as God is strong. Prayer can reach as far as God can reach. Don't ever give up. Just pray, just pray. Don't ever give up. Just pray. We have been given a means to the throne of the God whose potential is yet to be known. There is no limit as to what God can do. So just keep on praying. He's listening to Kevin Cavanaugh, Pastor Cavanaugh, I should say, to preach tonight. He just happened to be in town, and so I thought, well, might as well see if we can get him up here and preach. I know I'm always encouraged when he does preach, and so I'm going to ask him to come and just uh, share whatever the Lord's put on his heart tonight. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right, your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter number five this evening. It is good to be here, and uh, thank you, preacher, for the opportunity. I don't take it lightly. And I know it's important standing behind the sacred desk to preach, especially when you're preaching out somewhere. And uh, thank you for entrusting me with this. And I sure love this church and the people of God here at Community Baptist Temple and so, and so many familiar faces when I come in. And uh, you're always so friendly and kind to me, and I really appreciate that. And of course, I have a vested interest in this ministry, not only your preacher, who I love and respect dearly, but also my brother, of course, and my brother-in-law and my sister and everything. So there's a great tie here, and, and I appreciate uh, them and appreciate you. And I'm glad that you're in the house of the Lord tonight. It's Wednesday night, 
preaching to the cream of the crop. Uh, I hope this message tonight uh, just as in, uh, will be an encouragement to you to keep on keeping on for the Lord. And, uh, and I'm glad that you're here tonight. And uh, the, the theme for our church is here. I see this theme here, reaching forth. I thank God for themes. And uh, I, I think if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And uh, so you got to have something, I believe, not only corporately, but personally, privately in your own life. I think husbands ought to have direction for their marriage and, and uh, fathers ought to have direction for the home. And uh, you got to have a plan on going somewhere. My personal one this year is what you thought ain't. <laughs> what you thought ain't. And so I'm bracing for the worst in 2024 and hoping for the best. And uh, so our church one, though, is continue. Just continue. Continue to do what you know you're supposed to do despite the circumstances. And this is a message here that kind of goes along with that this evening. Book of Luke chapter number 5 beginning in verse number 1. Do you have it? Say amen. amen. Oh, come on. Amen. You may, you, listen, you made it out here tonight. You may as well enjoy it. <laughs> I tell my people all the time, come on, the hardest part is over. You got in your car and you got to church. And so you may as well enjoy it now. And uh, do you have it tonight? You ready to go? Amen. All right. I was just going to preach short, but then they started singing that song. Now I might go for a couple hours. I got fired up listening to that. And we serve a mighty great God. And uh, we really don't have much to worry about, really anything to worry about with the great God that we serve. But I know how the human flesh and the tendency is to have doubt and worry and wonder what's going to happen God's in control of all of those things. So let's sit back, relax, and enjoy his word this evening. And uh, let's learn something. Book of Luke chapter number 5 and verse number 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. The lake Gennesaret there is just the Sea of Galilee. And they're washing their nets, and it says in verse number 3, And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and talked to people out of the ship. He just wanted to borrow the boat a little bit. Jesus uh, wanted to borrow the boat to be able to speak to the crowd of people a little bit better. Now, when he had left speaking, verse number 5, he said unto them, Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. Let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken uh, taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they uh, enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were uh, in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught or the catch of fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to the land, they forsook all and followed him." I want to highlight for us just in verse number 5 tonight, this simple little word, 5 and verse number 5, towards the latter part, and Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. So I want to preach to you tonight just for a few minutes on this subject, the nevertheless disciple. Heavenly Father, 
I need your help. You know how much I need your help. I long for it. I plead for it. Lord, there will just be words that come forth from my mouth, but coupled with the power and strength of the Holy Spirit could really have a lasting and eternal impact in the lives of those that are hearing. And that is my desire. And I know it's your desire for your word. So I, I pray, Lord, that you would honor yourself and honor your word and take, Lord, what is said tonight and multiply it and use it to help somebody to continue to serve you with all of their heart, mind, soul, and strength. So energize me, I pray, supernaturally to be able to speak. And for the people, it is Wednesday night. Lord, it is wintertime in the, here in the Northeast, the darkness, the cold. Uh, but they've been faithful and they've come. And I pray that you, reward, you would reward them with a supernatural ability to hear and that there would be a life-changing activity that took pace, uh, takes place, Lord, in their life. Thank you again for your goodness and kindness and for the opportunity to speak to your precious bride. Help me to do well, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. There are two types of nevertheless Christians. I want you to turn back, if you will, with me to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter number 9. The book of Nehemiah. Chapter number 9 this evening. And I just want to look at one verse here. I don't want to labor this point tonight. Uh, here in this portion of scripture you will see in chapter 9 in verse number 23. Uh, reading down from there. Uh, the great and mighty works that God did for the children of Israel. How he brought them out of the house of bondage and how he brought them and he preserved them and he kept them. And he did a lot of great things for them. In verse number 25 it says, And they took strong cities and a fat land and possessed houses full of goods. So God brought them out of uh, the land of Egypt and into the promised land. And they were enjoying the abundance, it says here, full of goods, uh, wells digged, vineyards and olive yards, fruit trees in abundance. Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse number 25. So they did eat and were filled and became fat and delighted themselves in the great goodness. Look at verse number 26. Nevertheless, they were disobedient. Nevertheless, they were disobedient and rebelled against thee and cast thy law behind their backs and slew thy prophets, which testified against them to turn them to thee. And they wrought great provocation. Uh, here in this portion of scripture, we see the first kind of Christian. And these two Christians, by the way, are only defined by one word. Nevertheless, the first group of Christians, nevertheless, I will not. Two types of nevertheless disciples. The first one, nevertheless. I like that word, nevertheless. Uh, a simple, in spite of that, notwithstanding, all the same. I don't care what you told me. Nevertheless, I'm going to do it my own way. Nevertheless, I'm not, I'm not going to obey. I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to do what you want me to do, Lord. I, I'm not going to obey you, Daddy. I'm not going to obey you. I wonder how many nevertheless children told their parents no today. 
refuse to obey and refuse to uh, take out the trash or do their chores uh, and uh, being a nevertheless child, a disobedient child, no matter what you say, no matter how you say it. I can't tell you how many times as a pastor, too many times, I'm sure your pastor can testify of preaching the Word of God and clearly laying out from Scripture the principle, the truth contained in Scripture and the person was going to make a terrible decision, a terrible decision because it goes against the Word of God and despite the fact that the pastor preached Sunday morning and preached Sunday night and preached Wednesday night and even sat down and talked with them nevertheless though I will not do it that's a terrible terrible testimony of a disciple the second one and I maybe you know where I'm going with this is just the nevertheless I will Nevertheless, I will kind of Christian. Turn over, if you will, to the book of Matthew, chapter number 26. The great example that we find here outside of our text verse that we're reading from, and we'll go back to that here in just a minute, but you know this portion of Scripture here from Matthew, chapter number 26. In Jesus' final hours here, He went into the garden to pray. If you know anything about the, prog- the progression of the ministry of Jesus Christ, He started out preaching to 5,000 people. He had thousands of disciples listening to him and longing to follow him. Uh, It's reduced down to 12 and then he goes into the garden to pray and he's just down to a couple. And in the end, he prays by himself. Here we find a great testimony as he's crying out to his heavenly father. The Bible says, and he went a little further. Oh man, there's a message there about the nevertheless disciple uh, being willing to go a little further. And he fell on his face and prayed and prayed saying, oh my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Two types. Only separated by one word. Nevertheless, I will. Here's Jesus Christ making the testimony, the stand, and the example for his disciples to follow. Nevertheless, I will. Nevertheless, I will keep on praying. I will keep on loving. I will keep on going. I will keep on forgiving. I will keep on reading my Bible. And I will keep on praying. Uh, there, there's no doubt in my mind, I'm not trying to act like some kind of uh, TV preacher and make prophetic statements about the future, but mark my words, there are people even in this room tonight that difficulty is going to come into your life in 2024. There's going to be difficult and trial and struggle and difficulty. Our country's not headed in a right direction. We're going away from God and things are changing at an alarming pace. We're going, the, uh, uh, going away from God at exponentially faster than ever before. And there will be difficult things. The crime rates of all the major cities going through the roof, creeping out into the suburbs. And there is what I call, and I hope this isn't too strong for the church tonight, hell on the horizon. Anytime you go away from God, it's, a, it's bad news for that country, the country that forsakes the Lord. Uh, but we're seeing this. We're seeing it uh, in churches today. And we need to be Christians that are continuing 
to go on. So many things. The Bible says, continue thou, continue thou. And especially tied to the end times in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter number 3 in reference to the perilous time. But continue thou in the things which thou hast heard and learned and art assured of and who, who you've learned them to, paraphrasing there a little bit. But you've got to continue. And the way to, to continue... The way to keep going is to be a nevertheless kind of disciple. I could preach tonight these three things, past, present, and future. Nevertheless, I will. Talking about your past. We got some past represented in here tonight. Things that we've done wrong, sin, bad decisions, wrong things that were uh, contrary to the nature of God or uh, that cost us more than we wanted to pay and, and uh, took us further than we wanted to go. But the nevertheless disciple is determined, despite what has happened in the past, from the present and to the future, I am going to continue to do what God has called me to do. I've seen many a Christian knocked off course because of their past. Because the devil got into their mind. And the devil doesn't know anything about the future. God works in your present and in the future. The devil works in the past. Because he's already seen what you've done. He's already seen what your daddy did. And he saw what your daddy's daddy did. And he saw what your daddy's daddy's daddy. He's not omnipresent, but he's been around for a long time. And he saw what your great-grandmother did and your great-great-great-grandmother. And he's good at what he does. He's good at disturbing us and trying to knock us off course. And so many Christians have got caught up in their mind, which is the great battlefield of Satan, and have been knocked off course because they forgot they weren't reminded or they were ignorant of the fact that they must be we must be nevertheless disciples and when the devil gets in there and starts saying things to you it's simple never that you're right satan you're right i did do that and i was there and i deserve hell and you could you could go on the list and just play right into his hand but finish it with that statement nevertheless god loves me nevertheless i've been redeemed nevertheless god has restored me nevertheless god is as good at uh, restoring things as he is at creating them brand new Nevertheless, I'm going to keep past our present and what's going on in your life. Maybe there's someone here tonight or somebody listening to me online or somebody that will listen in the future and you're tempted to quit. You're tempted to give up. It's just too much. I can't take it anymore. I know what that pressure is like. I've been pressured to quit and just give in. Nobody's listening to me. I can't get ahead financially. Uh, you, nobody uh, uh, wants to do what God wants me to do and the pressure is there and Satan's a attacking me and my family's attacking me and church members are attacking me and I'm just going, but at the end of it, a nevertheless disciple is determined, no, no, no nevertheless, I'm going to keep going nevertheless, I'm going to go back there nevertheless, I'm going to stay with it and I'm going to get the help that I need and God's going to help me and I'm going to stay by it, past, present and in the future we don't know what the future holds but we know who holds the future so nevertheless, 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 I don't know what's going to happen in 2024. Uh, uh, you, 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 uh, I just encourage you about the church theme and having one uh, for your life. And listen, there are people out there that have plans for our country for 2024. If you don't think that, you're ignorant of the last 15 years of American politics, especially the last four years. They got stuff planned. They're trying to reach forth. 
They want to continue. They have a holy determination. They're going after it. And I wonder if we got on our knees and got a theme from God and got something that we were working on and had a holy determination also that no matter what they're planning, no matter what the devil is planning, and even though it may be more difficult than I can possibly imagine even preaching this message tonight, but to have that in our hearts and our minds. Mark it down. I think about the every time I, I say something, I go into these stories. My wife likes to shop in these stores, <laughs> farm stores, whatever you call it, you know, where you take a piece of wood somebody would have thrown out, you know, 10, 15 years ago and writing, burning something on it, painting something on it and all these things. Get yourself one of those. Go online, custom make one for your front door. My wife changes it every season. These little wooden things that blow down every morning. I got to pick it up and put it against the wall. Welcome. We're glad you're here. All these things. Get one for yourself. Put it on the wall. Nevertheless, I'm going to continue serving God. I don't know what the devil has planned. I don't know what the government has planned. I don't even know what I have planned. But at the end of it, I'm going to keep serving God. Nevertheless. Now, I want you to just go back, if you will, for me. We'll close this message down here, but I want to draw your attention back to verse number, uh, chapter number five of the book of Luke. Let's go back there where we started. And I want to just show you what nevertheless Christians do. What do nevertheless Christians do? And I got three things for you. Number one, They turn nothing into abundance. They turn nothing into abundance. This is why it's important to be a nevertheless Christian. Look what what it says in verse number 6. And when they had this done, when he determined to be a nevertheless Christian, and he did what God wanted him to do, the Bible says when he had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes. So nevertheless, Christians turn nothing into abundance. I'm so sad to report uh, about the faithless Christians that are out there. That's why I was getting fired up about the song that they sang tonight. I hope you didn't take it for granted. They practiced it. They prepared for it. And they presented it to the church. Just pray. We serve a mighty God. He's capable of doing things. Are they intellectual words? Are they heartfelt? Listen, when we have faith in God and there is no great, I won't say no greater statement, that's a preaching term, but there, I can't think right now of a greater statement than, uh, than that of a, a faith-filled Christian than nevertheless. I've got faith in God. I'm not able to say nevertheless because of my strength. I'm not able to say nevertheless because I have a great resource of wealth in my bank account. I am able to say nevertheless because of the mighty, wonderful, majestic, all-powerful, all-knowing, sustainer and creator of this universe is my God. And he's just not my God. He's my Father. And he loves me. And I know how I, since I became a father, if you're not a father here tonight, after you get married, when you become a father, if you become a father, it just exponentially enlarges your capacity to understand God's desire and ability towards his children. I want to to provide for my children. And I have faith that God wants to, that he can, and he will when he's good and ready. 
Nevertheless, we have a great God. So they turn nothing into abundance. Number two, they bring blessings into the lives of those that surround them. Look at verse number seven. And they beckoned unto their partners which were in the other ship. First, they took nothing through that one statement. Simon Peter takes nothing and turns it into an abundance. And then that abundance is a blessing to everybody around him. And listen, we got to see this in the church. Because there's all different levels of people. I was preaching probably one of the toughest messages you can preach to an American church. Out of the book of Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 25 where the Bible says not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Well what's the second thing in that verse? It's exhorting one another. So going to church and exhorting one another. The word exhortation has to do with coming alongside somebody and encouraging them. Sometimes those things that we have to say are negative. Sometimes they're positive. As a pastor, I practice this all the time. I've got no problem with exhortation in the church. I just come alongside. Hey, buddy, what's up today? What's up with your attitude? You okay with it? What's going you know, You're just coming alongside. Now, that's hard to do because we're so separate and so isolated, right? Somebody came, hey, sister, you know, you okay today? Is everything all right? Seems like you're looking. What? What is it? You know, what are you? You know? I mean, this is the American church that we become so isolated, visiting somebody, Pastor knocks on the door. It's like, I remember uh, getting the opportunity to ride with my older brother, Chris, who's a police officer at Indianapolis. And one day we went to serve a warrant. And when we knocked on the door, and I'm standing way down the hallway, because I know what they do in the movies. They shoot through the door every time. I don't even know why they stood in front of it when they knock. I, I'm standing down the hallway. And they knocked there. And then they were real quiet. And all you hear... Is the toilets flushing? <laughs> you know, everybody's running around. They're trying to get rid of all the paraphernalia, throwing it out the windows, closing things. It's the police, it's the police. Nowadays, when you go to visit, pastor knocks on the door. It's a lot like serving a warrant with the police officer. <laughs> Exhorting one another. Nevertheless, no matter what, we need to be an encouragement to one another. If we're going to survive this people of God, we need one another. Oh, we need the pastor. We can't do without the pastor. Thank God for the pastor. But the New Testament is filled with the word one another, one another, one another, one another, one another, one another. We need one another. You got to. I appreciate my brother was saying tonight about you know, giving out the prayer thing. Don't just say, don't just use words and don't just when it's really convenient oh hey oh when you see the person you remember they had surgery last week oh hey how'd that surgery go that's not one another according to the new testament going out of your way go out of your way i just blew up the sound system if video games pop up there you're going down listen People of God. We need some people, to, disciples to raise up. Nevertheless, disciples. Who can not only turn nothing into abundance, but then can allow that abundance to be a blessing to those around you. Number three, they acknowledge the fact that it was the work of the master and not themselves. Verse number eight, and when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. 
When he saw the great work that God did, he took no credit for it. He recognized and real. Thank you, preacher, for that. He recognized that it wasn't him. And we need to do the same. It's to God be the glory. It's his work. It's our privilege to be used by him. Peter didn't take credit for it. Write a manual and then try to sell it to all the other churches. He just said, man, God, God's doing something here. God accomplished this work. He's getting, I like a preacher's ass, and I have just a little bit different philosophy than most pastors because I'm not formally educated in a Bible college, so I didn't get ruined. All right, that's just a joke right there. <laughs> don't, don't ever put me in a group and ask, and ask me questions on the platform. I tell my brother Phil all the time, don't ever put me on the platform with one of your little question and answer times. <laughs> that would be scary for you. You'd have to preach for a month <laughs> to undo what I do. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I believe, preacher, with all of my heart, all those things are good. There are great things that we can learn from other preachers. And, but somebody, at some point, for the people of God and for me as a preacher i got to get a hold of God. I've got to get a hold of God. And all of these things are no substitute for getting a hold of God and giving God. How did that happen? If I wrote a book, it would be all blank pages. <laughs> How'd you do that? On the last page, I would just simply write, God did it. It was God. God did it. Are you seeing God do things in your life? I'm telling you, if you're a person of faith and you are that nevertheless Christian and you're not giving up and you're striving, the Bible promises in due season we will reap if we faint not. To God be the glory. It's His work and His doing. And it's important that we see God do great things by being a nevertheless disciple. And it is important that we give God the glory when it happens. Because it will happen because we serve a great God. I think of all the times in the ministry I thought it was over. You, know, you wouldn't believe how many times. This is it. It's over. It can't happen. Now that I've been in the ministry long enough, every time something happens, I say to myself, when this one ends... I remember when I was first in the, uh, in the ministry and things were happening, things were just flying at me, and I called up an old preacher. <laughs> I said, man, I got this and I got that and I got this and I got that and all this other stuff. Hello? No, he said, keep going. I said, well, that, that, that's basically it. And he said, oh, that's it? <laughs> And I was like, I got you, click. <laughs> I hear you, preacher. Why? Because he'd been in it so much longer. Say, that, that's all you got. We serve a big God, buddy. And if you think that's a lot, I got a lot more for you. I'm winding down here. I want to finish with this. How they do it. That's what they do. But how do they do it? Number one. 
they know that the word of the Lord is always better than the work of man. The word of the... Peter said, Peter said, we have toiled all night. That's the work of man. Nevertheless, at thy word, Peter did something that so few Christians get a hold of. That is that the work of God, the word of God is always better than the work of man. And that's important for us. That's how they did it. That's how they turned nothing into abundance. That's how they brought blessings into the lives of those that surround them. They acknowledged the fact that the work was all... All because, all because they know, they know that the word of the Lord is always better than the work of man. Number two, they quickly prioritized the word of the Lord over three things. Number one, the circumstances. We have toiled all the night long. God, this is what I've been doing. I've been going here and I've been going there and I've already been over there and I've already tried that and I already this and I already that. And I, but quickly, quickly, he prioritized the word of the Lord over the circumstances. Number two, prioritizing the word of the Lord over the opinions of the crowd. Don't tell me that the crowd didn't have an opinion. They always do. And there was a group of people right there. Jesus was speaking. He pushes back off of the land. He's doing all this. And he, there could certainly in a crowd be somebody criticizing. Certainly in a large crowd, somebody who doubts. But we prioritize the word of God over the opinions of the crowd. Number three, they quickly prioritize the word of the Lord over the help of their companions. Uh, you notice a couple of things. He says, we have toiled all night. In verse number five, nevertheless at thy word, I will let down the net. <laughs> so he was willing to do it, to prioritize the word, no matter if you, I don't know if you're all going to do it, but Jesus said something, nevertheless, I'm going to obey. And if you obey or not, I'm going out. I, I'll let down the nevertheless, at thy word, I'll do it. <laughs> so he rose back and he goes out and people of God, nevertheless, disciples know that sometimes you got to do it alone. It's sad when you have to do it alone in a church. It's sad when you have to do it alone in a marriage. It's sad when you have to do it alone in the home. But people of God, you got to prioritize the word of God in your life. And be willing to do it. The nevertheless Christian is willing to do it even if they have to do it alone. Lastly here, they don't get sidetracked by the accomplishments. They keep following the master. So you go down this whole story here and they've got a big catch of fishes. So much so that the, the, these fishermen whose trade it is to catch fish, fill their boats with fish, bring them to the land and guess what they do? They forsake it. They don't get caught up with the accomplishment. They don't say this is, we, we did a great thing. And, and in the 1980s they had big bus ministries. And it was just easier in the 80s. And, and this for the 90s and 2000 and 2010. No, they didn't look to the past and, and point to the past. Uh, they just said, Got this load of fish here? I'm, out. I'm following Jesus Christ. I'm going to just go on. I'm not going to get hung up with my accomplishments in life. I've had to endure that at times with people in the church who are constantly pointing to the past. Well, you know, in 83, we had a tent meeting. 
Or, you know, oh, hey, forget about it. What are you doing today? Did you go soul winning on Saturday? Did you read your Bible this week? You're worried about 80 and 90 and 2000 and 2010? Nevertheless, Christians, they just keep on going on for God. They don't let accomplishments in their life, life keep them from doing great things for the master in the future. Let's have great faith. Nevertheless, Christians, tonight, let's, let's go all in. I like this, if you will, in closing here. Look what the Bible says in chapter 5 and verse number 2. The last word. It says nets. Let down your nets. Jesus repeats it a couple of times. Look at verse number 4. Launch out into the deep and let down your... What's it say? Your nets. What's it say in verse number 5? Nevertheless, at thy word... I will let down the, hey, nevertheless, Christians, I want you to go in, all in on God. Jesus said, let down the nets. He let down a net. Don't hold back. If you want to see the best results, can I ask you something? If he had let down the nets... How much more fish would he had? Let down. Let it all out. Give it all in. Bring it all, all that God wants to do in your life. Let God do the work. But we'll never get there. Forget about one net or two nets. We'll never do anything for God if we're not first willing to be a nevertheless disciple. You're here tonight. As I said at the beginning, it's the cream of the crop. We're all in. Here you are tonight. You've come. But I hope that you won't just take it for granted. That you'll give God an opportunity in the invitation time. You don't know what's going to happen. So the first part of the invitation can be say, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen in 2024. I know that there's people out there that got plans. And I know the devil has plans. And, and I've even got plans, Lord. But I want to be this nevertheless disciple. And I pray that you'll help me. Help me to be a nevertheless disciple in 2024. I want to be the one. Preacher says, let's reach forth. And though anytime you put out a vision, there's always reasons why it won't work. Unless you're a nevertheless disciple. Nevertheless, disciples, make it work. Have a holy determination. Every day, in your heart and mind, I don't have time to read. I don't have time. The excuses are all there. All the busyness is there. But you can make a decision. Nevertheless, I got to get some Bible reading in today. I, nevertheless, I got to take some time out and pray. Nevertheless, I know it's not convenient. I know I have reason to skip out. I know that this and I know uh, that that thing. And, oh, oh, and But nevertheless, sometimes the things we commit to can grow and become bigger than what we committed to. And sometimes we just got to say, nevertheless, Lord, I'm going to keep going with this. I'm going to keep visiting. I'm going to keep encouraging I'm going to keep trying to bring them in. I'm going to keep knocking doors. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep being a nevertheless Christian in 2024. Let's bow our heads and our hearts. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight. Thank you for your word. 
Lord, the only way it's possible to be a nevertheless Christian is by your good grace and strength in our lives. Help us, Lord. Help us. Help us in 2024. It's a, we're, a new year's upon us. This is a great time to make this commitment. And I pray you help the people do it tonight. I pray they fully rely upon you. That they do great exploits in 2024. That they would have great breakthrough. And that they would reap in some of the areas that they've been longing and looking for. I pray, Lord, that this church could go on to do greater and more wonderful things than ever before. Bless them with your presence and your power. I pray it would start right here, right now, in this invitation time. Thank you for helping me, Lord, and thank you for the people and their listening. And I pray that you'd reward them according to the faith of their heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's stand.